Hi friends, welcome. My name is Joe, this is The Joe Martino Show. And today I wanna ask all of my Christian friends to please stop. Please stop. In fact, I actually wanna ask you to shut up, sort of. I also wanna offer you seven tips for a less stressful school year. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello. Welcome back. If you're up to date, you know that there was no episode last week. I had one recorded. I went and listened to it before I went to put it up. And it had some weird noises in it that, that I was going to re-record it. And then just because of, of scheduling and the start of the new school year and, and some family things, good things, not bad things, uh, I just didn't have time to get it done and to get it up and to do it uh, right, you, you know, the way that I, I like to do them. And I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, I have no illusions about the quality, sound quality of my podcast. I record this in one of two of our offices. People around me, you, you know, uh, pretty pretty non-expensive uh, production material. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. But th- these noises, I found them annoying when I listened to it, so I wanted to uh, change it, and I just didn't get to it. And I just, I'm a little bit behind, to be honest. I'm a little bit behind. As I've talked about in the past, I've talked about seasons. Um, I've talked about, you know, doing like, I don't know, 30 episodes a year, 35 episodes a year. And I'm still kicking around that idea for 2022. I have some planning meetings coming up that I'm going to talk about it with myself and then with with my partner in crime, who is my wife, and kind of get her intake. Uh, on that or her uptake on that. Is that intake or uptake there? It doesn't matter. Either way, I didn't put one up last week. And today I intended to re-record that. And, and essentially it's seven tips for, hey, here's some things to consider for the upcoming school year. We may get to those, we may not. Because I'm going to take a little pause here and I'm going to run the risk of offending a lot of people. I'm going to run the risk of losing some listeners uh, on both sides of the political spectrum, on all sides of the religious discussion, and I'm okay with it because this I, this just has to be said between me and you. I've actually thought about maybe stopping the podcast just for time's sake uh, as I look at my schedule. Uh, there's no intentions of doing that currently, but you know, when I was debating how do I go about this episode, uh, one of the things I was like, well, okay, well, what if people you know, you want to you want to have things that people will listen to, and at the same time, you don't want to go too far into controversy land. Uh, I don't mind controversy. I don't mind discussion. I don't mind uh, arguing. I, I don't mind any of that if it's fruitful, right? So I have a friend, and uh, he and I will disagree on things pretty strongly, but they're fruitful conversations. They're not ad hominems. You know, we're not attacking each other. We're not creating. Uh, we're we're not blowing each other. We just disagree. Hey, what about this? And we talk about the 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 topic. And so I'm hopeful that this will do that. 
I might lose some people because I'm. You might think you don't want to listen to a, a podcast of somebody who is blatantly religious, and and that's fine. Um, I purposely keep my faith out of this podcast as much as possible. And in saying that, I might lose some people who are like, well, it should be in there. And, and you know, we have very specific reasons for that. If you'd like to know them, I'd be happy to tell you. Feel free to email me. Um, th- this isn't the forum f- for that. However, today, I want to talk to my faith-based friends. I want to talk to people who claim to be Christians. And I want to ask you to please, in the love of the world for the sake of, of, of what you say is your most important message, stop sounding like whiny little people complaining about other people's political beliefs. Stop making statements like, well, now it's becoming more and more apparent that people disagree. They don't want to follow Jesus. They want to follow the political party that I disagree with. And this is both sides. Just stop it. Those statements sound stupid, they sound impotent, and they are not what you're supposed to be about. If you really believe what you say you believe, which is you have the greatest gift to the world, you literally, if you claim to be a Christian, you claim to have the greatest gift that is available to the world. The greatest. And you're whining about other people's political beliefs while simultaneously ignoring the party that you cheer for and all the things that they do that are anti-Bible. Or how about this? If you're so concerned about it, go share that thing that you say is the greatest gift to everybody. The good news that you say you have. Hogwash. I don't think you actually believe the Jesus you talk about. I don't think you actually believe that Jesus does what he says he does that you talk about. Because if you did, the the first, the fifth, and the 17th thing out of your mouth wouldn't be about doggone politics. It wouldn't be about that guy that you disagree with, whether it was the last president or the current president. So if you really think that you have the greatest gift to the world, shut up about politics and share that. Please. Well, Joe, you talk about counseling. I do. It's true. But I don't sit here and talk about how it's, it's become more and more apparent that most people want to follow Freud and not Jesus. That's stupid. It's dumb. I wouldn't say that because I don't really follow a lot of what Freud taught, right? So stay with me there. So to my friends who are Christians, I beg you, be involved in politics. Vote your conscience. It's fine. Have political discussions. But stop acting like the party that you disagree with. People can't be in that party and follow Jesus. Because your party, whichever party it is, has plenty of problems too. Just be honest. And I mean, I get it. We all have different things that we're passionate about. That's fine. So like, if you if you believe in what President Biden is doing, then talk about that. That's fine. Talk about why you believe it. That's great. If you believe that former President Trump was a better president than Joe Biden, then talk about that. That's fine. But stop acting like somebody can't be a Christian and want to follow Trump or stop or or support Trump in his political position. Stop acting like somebody can't be a Christian and, and support Joe Biden. Dear Christian friends, if what you believe, if you actually believe what you say you believe, 
then share that. Let me see posts on your Facebook about what Jesus has done in your life. Let me see what you're doing. There is a book in the Bible that you claim to read that says, I will show you my faith by my actions. And you are not showing anybody your faith by saying, I don't know how you can be a Christian and vote for them, Harney. I, I had, a, I had a, a conservative friend tell me that she would die for her, her beliefs. I actually laughed at her. Like we were, unfortunately, we were sitting in the room. It was something that I wish, that I, I really wish that had been a social media exchange because we were sitting in a room, not a counseling room. And, and she said it. And I laughed. She, thankfully, she didn't say it to me, so she thought I was laughing at something else. But I, I did want to say to her, you can't even be offended by somebody disagreeing with you. Like, you get all mad and, and, and do really non-Jesus things when you get mad. Just stop, please, and start sharing why you think you have the greatest gift in the world. That, that's all I'm asking. For too long, my religious friends, you have sought power and not to share your faith. And this has to stop. It has to. Or you're missing the whole point of why, of, of what you've been tasked with in, in your faith. And to my friends who are not religious or who have a bad taste in their mouth, who feel they're spiritual but not religious, however you identify spiritually or religiously, that's fine. Uh, I purposely want to cultivate friendships with people who have a wide variety of, of positions on their faith I have friends that are atheists. I have friends that are very conservative, like conservative to the point where their kids don't wear shorts. Uh, they're, the wife only wears skirts. You know, the, the classic minivan, denim skirt to the ankles type people. And, and the thing of it is, if you're judging them, like, oh, I can't be friends with them. Well, then you've got a problem. This is part of our problem in America. This goes beyond just my religious friends. This goes to my fellow American citizens. We act like we have to agree with everybody to be their friends. Now, look, there are certain people that I don't want to hang out with. In fact, I have a friend who is very into politics and very into um, uh, uh, certain trains of thought, so much so that a couple years ago, I literally said to him at a party, I was like, look, I will bet you there is not a dollar amount that I will not bet you that everything you're saying is horse crap and will not come true. And we settled on a very small number. I was willing to do like thousands, like buy a brand new house. Because uh, I'm sure he'd pay with those numbers. Um, and I'm going to be around him. And it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I don't do that a lot. I don't do it. Like I'm not going to go seek out a lot of time with him. But I can be friends with people who are more conservative than me and more liberal than me. And so can you. And we don't have to agree with them on everything. We can just talk. We can find the things that we agree about. And the truth is, for many people... You're going to disagree with them on, you know, 20% of things, 25% of things, but 80, 75%, 75, 80%, you're going to agree with them on. And it's always amazing to me. It's like right now my truck, probably 90% of it is in very good condition. 10% of it needs some body work done. So that's it. I'm going to, I'm done with this podcast here. I'm going to go fill up gallon jugs of gasoline, put them in my truck and blow the whole thing up and just burn it. I'm not really going to do that because... That's what we do with friendships. Oh, well, we agree on, on 75%, 70%, but we, man, that other 30% we cannot talk about. So it's time to just set fire to the whole relationship. That's silly. That's silly. All right. So if you're upset today, you're on my religious friend side and you're upset because you think I'm wrong, that's fine. Email me, joe at joemartino.com. Uh, 
if you're one of my non-religious friends and you're like, oh, I've been duped. I, he's been, I've been listening to him and I didn't know he was one of those people. I don't really think you should feel duped. Nothing has literally changed. I'm still going to be delivering the same content. We're still going to be talking about the same things. I'm still going to drop the same things every week or if I go to seasons, uh, 30, 35 weeks a year. Uh, hopefully I'll stop saying, uh, like that. I'm going to leave that one in. Usually I go back through and edit them out. I'm going to leave that one in. Nothing's changed. If, if you are the three times a week to church person, we can be friends. If you are the, I'm never going to church person, we can be friends. I have questions for both of you. I, I want to be really clear on that. And I value the, the conversation. Now I don't value conversation over social media type things. I'd rather go get coffee uh, and sit down and chat when I have time, when you have time, because those are important. Those conversations are important. One of the problems is, is we don't know how to live in life with people that we disagree with, and that's sad. All right, let's talk about some tips to transition into school. I could probably do the whole episode on that and get pretty fired up, but we'll just do the seven tips to transfer into the school year and some things for parents to consider. These seven points were recorded uh, in written format for a local publication called Lowell's First Look. Uh, and, I, and I shared them there first, but I do think that they're valuable. And I know that I have readers, or excuse me, I know I have listeners that do not read Lowell's First Look. So I want to go over them with you. So seven ways to have a better school year, or at least a less stressful school year. Uh, understand that when children and teens are distressed, they will probably act in counterintuitive ways to relieve the distress. In other words, when your kid's distressed, they're not going to tell you, hey, I'm distressed. They're going to act up. And so you need to recognize that. Uh, a tip to a, to a more stressful new year would be, or school year would be, when they're acting distressed, try to figure out what's going on underneath. Or, and this one's even perhaps more important, understand that they've been at school all day. When they get home, if they have like a brain dump where like they act up or like they're super loud or they're running around or they just crash, any of those are normal and healthy and good responses. Number two, have a routine and realize that variation that there will be variations to it. Okay, so so this one's important because a lot of times people think I'm anti-routine. I'm not. I'm anti-regimented routine. But have a routine. Talk to your kids. If you're driving them to school, what's the best time for them to get there? My daughters that are currently in high school prefer to get to school earlier than my oldest did. Okay, that's fine. Like, we can work that out. What time do you want to leave? You know, those types of things. Obviously, there's some things there. If they have to ride a bus, then, then that's set for them. But have a routine. Here's the thing that I would encourage parents to do, though. As much as possible, let your kids set their own routine. As much as possible, let your kids set their own routine. And so what, what I mean by this is you talk to them about it, get them to name the routine, but then let them set their routine. So I had a, a couple come in one time and they had, I think, an eighth grader and they wanted help with their eighth grader. And their rule was when you get home from school at three o'clock, you will start your homework by 3.05. And so if you know me, you know the word that's coming out of my mouth right away. Why? Well, because. No, because isn't a reason. Because is the first word in a sentence that could be a reason, but it's not a reason all by itself. So Why? Well, what does your kid want to do? Well, he wants to take two hours off and then do his homework. Okay, does he get his homework done if he takes the two hours off? Well, yeah, but, but it stresses me out. Well, then go see a therapist. 
Seriously, go see a therapist. Because, like, if your kid needs time off when they get home before they start their homework, give it to them. Let them set the routine. And then realize that things happen. Routines change. Give your kid, and this one flows right into that, give your kids time to play when they're done with school. Even your older kids, if, if they're scrolling their phone, that's their form of play. Now, if you don't like that, that's a whole different conversation. But when they get home, give them time to play. Give them time to get the energy out. I kind of laugh at the idea that we're simultaneously being lectured on how society is becoming more obese while we're adding things to schools that really schools shouldn't be teaching. They should be taught at home, but that's a whole other, a, a different day. And I've already used up all my fired up energy for the opening part of this episode. But oh, oh, the obesity, the obesity. While we're simultaneously taking PE out of out of high school curriculum so that kids can do gender studies. Uh, we're, we're simultaneously taking uh, uh, physical activity away. Kids are coming home with four and five hours worth of homework. Oh, the obesity problem. It's the video games. It's the video games. Oh, the video games. There, That's what's... Oh my goodness. The, the technology, the smartphones. That's why we're all obese. Maybe... Or maybe, and I actually think this, I just want to put this out there. Maybe we just have a lot more people in society who have gone through severe trauma and their chosen coping mechanism is eating. They stress eat. They eat when they're distressed. They eat when they're hurt. And and that leads to a consumption of calories that is greater than the output of calories. I'm going to throw that out there. There's a lot of things that I think that we need to talk about, which is why I do this. Uh... But, but give them time to play. Give them time to burn off the energy. Give them time to just shut their brain down. They've been at school all day where they have had to be on, where in, in a time of COVID, they can only walk down hallways a certain way. For instance, uh, I, I know a student that has a classroom. We'll just use simple numbers. In the hallway, we'll say it's classroom number two. That's her first hour class. Her third hour class is classroom number one. Now, typically... You would walk out of classroom number two, you would turn right, and you would walk 10 feet to room number one, and you would go in. But because of COVID, and and the virus can only travel one direction, they have to walk out the door, they have to turn left, walk all the way to the end of the hallway, go up a flight of stairs, walk all the way down the other side of the hallway, two extra lengths, and then down another flight of stairs so that they can come back to room one and enter it from the side that COVID doesn't travel. That, that, to me, doesn't make sense, but it doesn't matter if it makes sense to me. That's the rule, and so your students are going to have to follow it. And as they follow it, that's going to add stress to their day. They have to wear the mask. Maybe they don't have to wear the mask. Maybe they're afraid of their friend who's home on quarantine, afraid for their friend who's home on quarantine because they have COVID, or they might have COVID. Or maybe their boyfriend broke up with them. Well, teenage love. Yeah, I get it. You know, teenage love probably won't convert to adult marriage or all that good stuff. But it's it's real to them and it takes up energy for them. Give them time to get that stuff out of their system. Number four, you don't have to do your child's homework or even help with any of it. And this one always gets me in trouble when I say it to people face to face because they're flabbergasted by the idea that they don't have to do their kid's homework. But the truth is you don't. It's not your job to do their homework. They don't go to work with you. I've talked about this before in a whole episode, so I'm not going to do a whole lot with it here. But they, you don't have to help them with their homework. I, I just want to let you in on a little secret. If your kid doesn't get their homework, all their homework done tonight, it'll be okay. Most of you, your kid isn't going to Harvard anyhow, and it's okay. 
I didn't go to Harvard. My life's really pretty good. In fact, there was a fascinating uh, research done that Ivy League schools don't actually give you that much of a better education. They're just better at picking people who are more well-connected. We'll leave it at that. And, and it's okay. Like, if your kid doesn't get their homework done, if they have to go back to school tomorrow and they don't understand their homework, it's okay. That's literally why they have a teacher. I'm always amazed that people are like, oh, our house is such chaos at night because we're fighting over homework. Then stop fighting. Fight less battles. Just fight less battles. You do not have to help them with their homework. Now, if you, you know, a few minutes here, a few minutes there, sure. But my kids, I don't help them with their homework. My wife doesn't typically help them with their homework. Hey, dad, I don't understand this. Okay, tell me what you've done to understand it. Hey, dad, I can't figure this out. Okay, tell me what you've done to figure it out. And then I'll spend some time. If they've got an answer to those questions, I'll spend some time with it. But more than once, I'm like, I don't know. You'll have to go back to your teacher. I'm sorry. Because that's actually beneficial for them. You're, you're teaching them to empower themselves to figure out who they need to go to to get the help that they need. And that's important because they're going to need to do that as adults. Rule or transition tip number five. It probably isn't the teacher's fault. And even if it is, you don't have to go fight that battle. Empower your children to fight their own battles. Don't blame the teacher for your child's poor behavior. And since I'm on a roll today, we'll just go ahead and say one more thing that gets both sides mad at me. But Joe, there's bad teachers. I know, there are bad teachers. My kids have had some. You still need to teach your children how to empower themselves and go fight their own battles. I'm not saying that you don't ever fight their battles. I'm not saying that you shouldn't support them. But you start with them doing what they can do first. And then when that's exhausted, you go go ahead and go to war. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd advocate for one of my children had a, a learning uh, disability. Not See, to me, in my brain, a disability is longer, so it was more of a, a delayed learning function. And the accommodations weren't being made. And they wanted to hold her back. And I was like, no. Nope. Mm-mm. Because what I don't see is any accommodations being made for this uh, delayed learning skill that she obviously has. It's diagnosed. And uh, that sounds like discrimination to me. And I will have to double check with my attorney to make sure that that's what it means to him. Uh, but I really think we need some some accommodations made to her, for her. And, and not anything unfair. That's a whole nother day. And the next day, miraculously, there was an IEP in place. And today, that delayed learning skill is completely gone. She's completely fine. Uh, she is able to communicate and do all the things that she would never be able to do, blah, 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 blah. She had a teacher who, was, who, who chose the easiest thing, went after the easiest thing. And so I advocated for her. Now, she was in kindergarten. In sixth grade, I had a student come home and say, hey, Miss So-and-so says there's no such thing as teacher anxiety. So I shoot an email off. Hey, I understand things get lost in translation, especially with sixth graders. Uh, but it was reported to me by my daughter that you said this. I'm not saying that you did. In fact, I said that three times. But if you did, could we talk about it? And if you didn't, you, do you want to talk to your students? Because some of them felt that's what you said, and there's a misunderstanding. We had a fine, like, two or three email exchange. It was good. He said he never said it. I believed him. We moved on with life. I'll advocate for my kids, but I want my kids to also learn to advocate for themselves. And they won't do that if I don't let them struggle a little bit. 
Keep the vitriol to a minimum on the big topics. Here's something that I don't think parents understand. Your kids are exploring what they believe, they're exploring who they are, and their views are going to be uh, at both ends of the spectrum. So keep your vitriol to, to a minimum. If your kid comes home and they're like, well, you know, Miss So-and-so says blah, 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 and you strongly disagree with blah, 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 talk more to your kid about what they believe. And then talk about what you believe, but keep the vitriol to the minimum. So listen to the first part of this episode. Don't be like, well, I don't know how you can and 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 believe that. Now, there, there are things my children have come home and say, well, what do you think about this, Dad? And we talk about it. And I, I ask them, what do they believe? And we agree. Sometimes we, we disagree other times. It's fine. Just keep the vitriol to a minimum. Don't be mean about to the people you disagree with. Because here's the thing. Your kids are watching you. And if you're mean to the people that you disagree with, they're going to be afraid to tell you the things they disagree with you on. And you're going to lose. Relationship matters more than your political views or whatever view it is today because your views today could change. What you believe today, you don't believe everything that you believed 10 years ago. And there are things that you didn't believe 10 years ago that you do today. We change in our beliefs. Who our children are is constant. And by the way, here's just a fun pro tip. If your kids are making fun and using vitriol to the people they disagree with, you might want to check and pull up a mirror and check and see what's coming out of your mouth when you disagree with people. All right, last tip for a better school year. Remember, this probably won't be remembered by the time they're in their 20s. I got a serious question for you. What happened on November 19th of your third grade year? You don't remember. How about January 17th of your sophomore year? You probably don't remember. Most of the experiences that we worry about so much in school, we don't even remember as adults. Now, we will often absorb the lesson, but we don't remember the events. So just, just relax, take deep breaths, and remember, whatever happens today, I don't even know, oh, September 1st, I got two big birthdays coming up. My oldest and my son, my oldest and my youngest have birthdays in the next two weeks. Ten years and ten days apart. All right, ADHD, this ADHD moment brought to you by Joe Martino Counseling. Now accepting new patients, if you would like to make an appointment, please call 616-481-3784. Sorry, that's just funny to me. Dial extension 101. Anyhow, if you want to have a calmer year, just don't take it so seriously, which is like, Joe, that's not helpful. It can be, though. If you can put today in the proper context of a life, it's okay. Eventually, you won't remember today. Well, the math teacher gave her a 64. Okay, she probably earned the 64, and if she probably won't remember that by the time she's 21. She might not even remember that by this time next year. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We did go a little bit long today, probably because I did two episodes and I should have just done one. I did one episode that should have been two. That's what I meant to say. Dear Christian friends, stop politicizing your faith. To everyone else, here are seven tips for a more calm school year. Actually, to my Christian friends too. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Give me your feedback. I want to hear it. Uh, I do have a question uh, about the YouTube channel, about my blog, but we'll get to them next week. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week.